God's word for us today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. And I have no idea which translation this is, because it was just handed to me. Um, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, Not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. May God bless the scriptures and be a word in our hearts. Our text this morning is uh, actually a continuation of the scripture that we looked at last week, which we refer to as the Beatitudes, and we're kind of smack in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you know, Jesus kind of stretches it out over a couple of few verses here, and uh, we come to this part today. Building on what was said last week and what, what the Beatitudes were pointing to is that life, it was very difficult. There were struggles. There was oppression. There was depression. Things were not always going the way they had expected. It was tough. And Matthew's community and the community and the disciples that Jesus were talking to were going to be asked to suffer through and live through and be faithful through a lot of difficult things. And so the Beatitudes come to us as words of hope and encouragement. Even when you mourn, the kingdom of God is yours. Even when people persecute you, the kingdom of God is still there among you. Even when uh, they revile you, even when you are poor in spirit, even when uh, all of those things are going wrong and you feel powerless and you feel like everything is out of your control, the kingdom of God is still at hand and within your grasp and there are good things God has in store for you. In fact, I dare say Jesus is suggesting in the Beatitudes that, that when these things are happening, that God, it is evidence of God at work in the world. And that you are on a faithful path <laughs> when things are going badly. But then Jesus kind of switches gears here and really wants to drive home some empowerment for a people who feel like their lives are completely out of their control, for a people who feel like the world's gone to hell in a handbasket and there's little we can do except pray for the end and for Jesus to come right now, 
and satisfy everything. In fact, I dare say Matthew's community, when they were hearing this, uh, when they were reading about this, were probably going, you know what, we should just hunker down here and wait until Jesus comes. And Jesus will fix everything and then everything will be right on. But then they get to this part of, wait a minute, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. What are they talking about me for? <laughs> Why Now all of a sudden there's this empowerment that comes with being salt of the earth. That, and, and salt was particularly important to Jesus' world in the, the first century world in that they didn't have refrigeration, so they had to use salt to preserve everything. It didn't always make everything taste very good, but at least it didn't make you sick, right? <laughs> uh, that salty fish, that brined fish or something to that effect that is so popular in Scandinavian countries these days. So salt is a, is a preservative, but it also adds flavor. Like I, I said to the kids, salt makes things taste better. Salt makes things taste more like what they're supposed to taste like adds flavor. In other words, salt just makes things good. And Jesus says, you are salt. Just when we were feeling powerless, just when we were going to be the receivers of all this blessedness, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you, all of a sudden there's a caveat <laughs> blessed are you so that you can go be salt to the world that is in desperate need of some good. That is in desperate need of some flavor. <laughs> it is not what it should be and you as salt can make it what it should be. And then Jesus goes on to say, and you are the light of the world. A, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I got to tell you, the Ben Fowler, among many things that he had in mind when he built this church, was that we would be that city on the hill that shined out into salt into the valley as a beacon. That's why the tower kind of looks the way it looks like a lighthouse up there. If you drive by at night, it has this beautiful blue stained glass window in the tower that makes a blue light. It's very cool to see. And uh, uh, that was by design to remind us that we are a beacon. We are like that city on the hill that, that the light cannot be hidden from. And Jesus says, don't hide your light under a bushel, but put your lamp on a stand so that all can benefit from that light. In other words, what Jesus seemed to be saying, particularly to Matthew's community, is no, 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 no. You don't get to just hide away and wait for Jesus to come. You don't just get to sit back and hope that everything gets fixed and is taken care of. You don't get to, you don't get to hold up among yourselves and just stay closed off. I'm sorry. You are the light that the world needs. you got to get out there and let that light shine. Amen? 
you got to get out there and let people see how changed and transformed and how blessed your life is. You know, last week we got all these great gifts. Blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. But again, there's a reason we have been blessed. So that we could be a blessing to others through our light. And I don't know about you, but as I look around, I, there has rarely been a time in our lifetimes when the world was in more need of salt and light. Amen? We live in a world that needs what Jesus has given us. We live in a world that needs these blessings that we have received. We live in a world that needs flavor, that needs the flavor that Jesus offers us, that needs that goodness, that the salt that we possess can bring. We live in a world that's in desperate need of some light because it feels so much like the darkness is taking over, doesn't it? It feels like the darkness is taking over. But even just a little tiny bit of light dispels the darkness and changes everything. But how are we salt? How are we light? It really is about what we do and how we live and who we are. It is about how we have unrelenting compassion for a hurt and broken world. Unrelenting compassion. Looking around and saying, where there is hurt, I am there to give comfort and solace and prayer. Where there is pain, I'm there to have compassion with that pain and to walk alongside those it is a time that we live out being salt and light through our unconditional love. The radical, crazy, out of the world. You know, it's easy for people to love their family. Well, that's not true. You, it is. <laughs> but it's easy to love people you get along with. People who are like you. But Jesus calls us to a higher love. You've heard it say, you know, an eye for an eye and kill your enemies. And, but I say love your enemies. Well, that's a tall order, Jesus. Ultimately, what Jesus is saying, we have no enemies. <laughs> we don't have that luxury of having people we hate. I'm sorry. God has called us to be salt and light and to bring extraordinary, crazy, over-the-top love into this world that is so filled with fear and hate. Amen? And to have intentional community bring salt and light into the world. Intentional community. Just like what I was telling the kids here, when we work at being a family, when we work at making sure that 
Christ's love and our commonality in Jesus Christ and our commonality as being human beings transcends all of those things that says we're supposed to hate each other or we're supposed to be different than one another or we're supposed to just shun each other. When we allow that to transcend that and we work at it with intentionality, And we say, so important is my connection to you that I'm willing to say I'm sorry and I'm willing to forgive. When we intentionally allow our differences to be transcended, we are salt and light. Amen? I saw a picture, and you probably did too, it's kind of a viral thing. It was actually in the Chicago Tribune. There was a rally uh, against the ban on refugees at O'Hare Airport. And there is this picture of a Jewish father with his son on his shoulders in his yarmulke with a sign welcoming refugees and quoting some scripture. And there is a Muslim father with his little daughter in her hajib, or what, the, the, the headdress, on his shoulder. And they're smiling at each other. They're talking and smiling. They're standing right next to each other. They had never met each other until that day. And it's just this poignant picture of Jew and Muslim standing together for the for the things that God has called us to community and the, the an article that came out after the picture went, got so popular said that that uh, after the picture was taken they exchanged phone numbers and they shared a Sabbat dinner the, 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 the father was a rabbi he invited them over for Shabbat service and and uh, 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 Seder not Seder, but the Friday night meal that they share together. And they've developed a relationship. That's what radical, intentional community looks like. Amen? And it is up to us to be that kind of salt and light in the world we live in. We don't have the luxury of just sitting back and waiting and holding up amongst ourselves and waiting for Jesus to come again. Jesus immediately after pointing out how blessed we are, and I hope you feel how blessed we are really to have each other and to have all the things that we have, but but how blessed we are in this calling. But then immediately in, in verse 13, Jesus says, now you've got to take that blessing out into the world. Because you have everything I have given you to transform the world you live in. To make it like the kingdom of God. To grab that notion of God's kingdom, a commonwealth of God, where God is in charge and not Caesar. You have everything. You have been equipped with everything you need to make that a reality. Right. Our loving and gracious God, you have blessed us so much with so many things, even in our struggles. 
we acknowledge your blessing and we recognize it. And we know, God, that while that blessing is not conditional, it is your hope, your desire, and your intention that we become salt and light to a hurt and broken world that is in such desperate need for the good works you have called us to. May we eagerly live into that kingdom of God you have called us to. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus.